So let me go to the Lord in prayer. And if you got your Bibles, if you would, go to Luke chapter 10. And that's where we're going to land this morning. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you so much, God. Thank you for the worship in this house this morning. Thank you, God, for the songs, God, that, uh, Lord, that were... Uh, just uh, go in line with the Word of God that's being taught and preached this morning, God. Thank you for the beautiful faces in this room and the people that love you, Lord, that are called. They, they, they want to uh, be obedient to the call of God, the commission of God in this last hour, God. Uh, Lord, but we're, we're under attack. We're under attack. Uh, but, but God, uh, you, you've given us, uh, I believe you've got some things that you're going to speak to us this morning about where we can fight these battles from, God, and where we should fight these battles from, and where we can find the victory today, God. And I believe it's going to be amazing, God. I believe you're going to have an amazing time of healing that's going to take place in our lives, God, because you're real. You're on the throne, God, and, you're, and, and, and I, I'm willing to put your uh, power on display here, God, that you want to do great things in this service today, Lord. And we just praise you, Lord. There are people that need to know you as Lord and Savior. I pray that they would come to know you, that their eyes would be open, God, that they would know you as Lord and Savior and Messiah. Dear Father, I pray, God, that marriages would be healed. God, there's people on the verge of wanting to give up, God, on their marriage and just throw in the towel, God. Lord, uh, that, that you would... You would heal that. You would resurrect that, God. There's dreams that have almost died, and there's no hope left, and you need to resurrect hope, God. Lord, there's people, uh, God, here today that, that are living in sin, and they need to make decisions, God. Uh, Lord, before it's too late, God, they need to make the right decisions to follow you, God. And Lord, you know those hearts. You know all the hearts that are in this room, God. And the one common factor and denominator in all of it is that you love them dearly, and you want what's best, God for us. And so, Lord, you're fighting for us. And so, Lord, just move mightily today and speak to our hearts and change our lives through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Spiritual warfare. There's, a, there's an article that was written in faithgateway.com uh, years ago, and it was written by not a theologian, but by, uh, I heard this actually uh, read from another pastor and, and gleaned this from him because it was uh, so interesting. And, and it was, he, the way he said it was like this. He said it, it was an article written there by, from one of our leading theologians. And if you know this name, you'll know that this is being a little bit facetious. He said it was written by one of the leading theologians named Tim Hawkins. Well, Tim Hawkins is a Christian comedian. He's a very funny man. But he wrote something in an article. And here I'm making a point at the beginning of this sermon that you'll understand when you hear this little bit of comedy that he uses because it is very much us in Christendom today. Listen to what he says. He says, if I've heard it said once, I've heard it a thousand times. Father, we just pray a hedge of protection around Tim and his family. A hedge? Huh. I don't mean to complain, but is that really the best you can do? How about praying a thick cement wall with some razor wire on top of that bad boy? A huge protection sounds like it's just one pair of clippers away from being removed, and I'm sure the devil has got a pair of those lying around the old Sheol shed. I can just see the red pointed ear wildly devil prancing up to my spiritual property line and creeping in for attack, but just as he comes and is about to step on my lawn, he detects that something is not right. What is this I behold? The lawn of my enemy's perch? Is this greenery? I can't get through that. My greatest weakness is landscaping. How did they know? 
And I make that because often in spiritual warfare, he raises some good points for us to consider because often we reduce spiritual warfare to catchphrases. If we tag in the name of Jesus on the back of it, somehow that's going to get us out of the mess and win the battle. And you know, uh, We don't have to believe in the Jesus that we are saying. We just want to throw a magic word onto the back or whatever. Or we reduce it down to certain lines. Or like me, I get loud. If I get loud enough, that's going to do it or, or whatever. And so we've reduced spiritual warfare down to these type things that we think that that's what's really going to win the battle for us, but if that's what you're putting your confidence in when it comes to spiritual warfare, then you're in for trouble. That's not what we want to place our confidence in, reducing down to warfare, down to catchphrases, down to certain lines, down to the right volume. We don't want to fall into those traps, but today I think in these passages of Scripture, we're going to see something beyond superstition that's going to help us in this battle of spiritual warfare. Let's look at these passages of Scripture in Luke 10. In verse 17, we start out and it says this he sent out 72 people and he commissioned them to go out like we're being commissioned this year to go out and to take this glorious good news of Jesus Christ to the whole world and here's what they did he commissioned these 72 gave them power gave them authority in his name and here's what happened when they went out and when they came back it said the 72 returned with joy saying Lord even the demons are subject unto us in your name and he said to them I saw Satan fall like light from heaven. That song, thank you for singing because I was getting very nervous. And when y'all sang that this morning, that this, this is the whole catchphrase of this message. And it gave me some confidence this morning myself. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that, you're, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in Heaven is that rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Go ahead to the next one. In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them unto little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Look at the next verse. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. So we see the disciples, they're sent out, these 72, they come back rejoicing, the Bible says. They've had an incredible time of ministry. They have gone out in the power of Christ. They have seen all sorts of things like we hope to see in this coming year, and when we go out, they are excited, they are telling stories they are rejoicing and Jesus says hold up for just a minute that's not what you rejoice in it's not all these things that you saw all these manifestations that you saw and what he's doing he's not rebuking them he's not rebuking them in fact he's going to commend them in a minute for those very things he's excited for them for those things but he's saying don't misprioritize it here don't get this out of priority out of the wrong priority it's not these things that you need to be rejoicing in. We want to show you what you need to rejoice.
rejoice in when it comes to the battle of spiritual warfare. He's basically saying, I'm going to give you a reason to shout, but it's not these things that you're shouting about. There's something greater than this that you're going to shout about, and that's what's going to hold you in the battle and keep you all the way through. Those are the effects of kingdom joy, but that's not the cause of kingdom joy. Did you hear me? Those are the effects of kingdom joy, but that's not the cause. I'm going to give you the cause of what will really bring kingdom joy to your life. Amen? And so he's going to give us the foundation of joy, of kingdom joy, of where it really, really lies, where you can fight out of this place. Where you can stand firm and confident and, 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 and you can really, really engage the devil and win the battle. Where you can really win the war. And, and so how do we confidently in our, how, how do we walk confidently in spiritual warfare? That's the real question. How do we walk confidently in spiritual warfare? And Jesus Christ is providing the answer right here in these passages, and he's warning us against misprioritizing that. Let's don't get that out of whack and misprioritize the thing. So, so, so he affirms them in that they come back and they say, man, we cast out demons, we cast out devils, we healed the sick, we saw all kinds of things, and he's saying that matters and that is wonderful that is glorious that is wonderful but then there's a few things in this language that we need to unpack that's going to help us really see so that we don't misprioritize what Jesus is trying to say in these passages of scripture look with me at verse 18 closely because this is phenomenal I just absolutely just there's things when the word of God comes alive and opens up that you haven't seen I've been in this thing for 20 some odd years and man when I see something. I've read these scriptures a hundred times and something new opens up. It is like hallelujah. It is unbelievable. It is amazing. And here's what he says. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And here's the better translation. Sometimes when we translate things from Greek to English, they don't really translate very well. Okay. And here's how this passage better translate. I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, I was watching something but didn't see the whole thing. It could mean that because it was like I was watching Satan fall like lightning when you came back. Okay, when you came back, because we got to take the context of what he's talking about here. They've gone out. He comes back. Why is he saying this to them? I saw Satan while you were gone. And now you come back and interrupted me. I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, that doesn't excite you yet because I can see it on your faces. But just hold on. Just hold on. Because, because he, what that can mean is I, I might have seen the beginning, but I didn't see the conclusion. And, and, and uh, other way gives, see the other way, if you give the other way where, where it's translated the other way, I saw Satan fall like lightning, then it could mean, uh, it, it could mean the idea that he saw the whole thing in its completion. But it's important that you catch this little, this little understanding because he's watching the, 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 the defeat of Satan under 
unfolding right now. He's presently watching it. And so if it's very possible that he's referring back to the initial fall, which I think, you know, we all think he is here, back to the initial fall where Satan fell like lightning in the beginning. How many know Satan was an angel? His name was Lucifer. And I'm sure God was there. Jesus Christ is God. He was with, he's the Word made flesh. He was there in the beginning. So he created all things and all things were created by him and for him. So no doubt he was there in heaven with Lucifer right there. No doubt he saw Satan's initial fall. No doubt he saw this, this angel that we read about in Ezekiel and Isaiah who decided he wanted to usurp the throne of God and, he, and in pride he wanted to climb up and be equal or above the heights of heaven and even be above God. And, I, and, and God kicked him out of that place and, and we know that and we know that Jesus was there and he saw that. He saw the completion of all that. But also could it be that not only did he see the initial fall there, but could it be that he's talking about a second fall right here? And the reason I say that is because not only did Satan fall and we see him kicked out of heaven, but how many know he still has power and authority over our lives right now? A lot of, a lot of people that don't know Christ, right? People that don't know Christ, they are under the rule and power and authority. So he's still allowed some kind of control, right? He still has power from the fall of the, from, from the time he fell out of heaven and from the time he came down to this earth, then the fall of man occurs. And now he has some sort of power that God is allowing him to usurp on this earth right now and wield over mankind right now that he still has. And I believe that that is something right here. And that, and you can go to the old testament and see this played out in the old testament scriptures because if you remember the book of job how many remember the book of job and what happened in the book of job the bible says that in the old testament somehow i don't understand it all but somehow satan had the ability to go before the throne of god and he had the ability to accuse job he went up before him and said have you considered your servant job have you considered if you take away his health if you take away his money if you take away his family that he'll probably curse you and die. And we know that somehow that Satan still had this measure of authority where he could go before the throne room and ask certain things. And God, in this point, granted him certain power and certain things, but said you can only go so far. And then we know that the same thing where you accuse Joshua, not Joshua in the first few chapters of the Bible, but another Joshua in the time period that we've been preaching on in the Babylonian conquest. He was one of those that came back with the 50,000 in the first wave out of Babylon back to go back to rebuild the temple. He became and was anointed high priest, the Bible says, in that temple that Zerubbabel and them built back. And he's there. And we know that Satan came before him, the Bible says. He had on some filthy garments that are found there in Zechariah, I believe around the third chapter or the tenth chapter. I can't remember which one. But he's standing there in these filthy garments, the high priest. And Jesus is standing there and says, hey, don't worry about that. Give me those garments that are filthy. I'm going to take away your iniquity and your sin. And I'm going to put on you something that is clean and that can't be accused by the enemy. Amen. And so. I believe Jesus here is watching the disciples 
And he says, when you came back, he tells his disciples, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And I believe it's far more likely that he was saying, while you guys were out ministering, I was watching his dominion over humanity break apart. While you guys were out ministering, while now I'm sending my church and I'm commissioning my church to go out, now is the time. He's had dominion over even after the fall out of heaven, but now I'm seeing a second fall because as I commission you to go out, the little nothings and nobodies down in Brookside, Alabama, when you go out in my power, when you go out commissioned by me, when you go out and you begin to go into houses and into bars and into clubs and into this place and into prisons, as you go out and preach, Preach my gospel as you lay hands on the sick and they recover. As you cast out demons and devils. As people get saved. I saw Satan's kingdom falling over mankind. (laughs) Through just nobodies in society like a couple of fishermen. Who just go out. And begin to take this word and this power that Jesus gives them. And I believe that he's saying your final defeat, Satan, is on its way now. The final defeat of you is on its way. A new king has arrived. And he is giving his subjects power. He's given them authority. He's given them a gospel to take out and to preach in the mighty name of Jesus. To cast out demons and devils. To to lay hands on people. to, to, To see Satan's kingdom and authority and power that he's had over humanity uprooted and, and, and cast down in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so I believe Jesus is speaking of a second fall where his grip over humanity is being challenged. And he continues this conversation and he says, I've given you authority over to tread on serpents and on scorpions and on all power of the enemy. And nothing shall harm you, disciples. Nothing shall harm you. They have been given a commission. We have been given a commission now that we are saved. We have been commissioned by our Father. We have been commissioned by God himself to go out and to do things in the name of Jesus. We are not to let our neighborhoods be overrun by the power of the enemy. We are not to let our schools be overrun by the power of the enemy. We are not to let our governments be overrun by the power of the enemy. We are. We have something. We have power, folks. We have authority. We have a word that we can take out in Jesus' name and we can do damage to the enemy's territory. Amen? And the old scripture uh, uh, spells this out because it was prophesied. And I believe what he's saying is it's now being fulfilled. Go to the next scripture. And I want you to see what they were looking to. And they're seeing that it's now being fulfilled as they're coming back. Look at Genesis right here and what it says here. It says in Genesis 3.14, this is things they would have read about the serpent and about the power. And about how now it's it's been prophesied, Raymond. But now through Jesus it's being fulfilled. Look at what he says. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this cursed are you above all livestock above all beasts of the field on your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life and I will put enmity between you and the woman between your offspring and her offspring and you he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel talking about power talking about the day of when there's hope that one is coming that is going to be a snake crusher and he is going to crush the power and the 
authority of the enemy over humanity's life. And he's going to do it through some ordinary fishermen. He's going to take 12 nobodies and he's going to start with them. Then he's going to take 72 other nobodies and not so noble people. And he's going to commission them. Then he's going to take 120 and fill them with the power and the Holy Spirit of God. And they're going to go out and then 3,000 are coming in. 5,000 are going to come in. And the gospel is going to go forth throughout all the earth in, in his name. Amen? Amen. Look at De- Deuteronomy 8.15 of what they saw. God led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water who brought you water out of a flinty rock. He's saying you will tread on scorpions and on serpents. They saw the promise way back there prophesied. Now they're seeing that they, you will tread on serpents and scorpions. You will tread on all power of the enemy because behold, I was watching Satan fall like lightning and as you went out in my name. Look at Psalms 91.11. Psalms. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you shall strike your foot against a stone. You will tread. This is Old Testament. Looking forward now we're seeing that it's a reality. You will tread on the lion and on the adder and on the young lion and on the serpent. You will trample under your feet. Amen. Enemy powers trampled was promised. It was prophesied. The sign of the kingdom's arrival is now here. If I cast out fingers by the, by, if I cast out demons by the power of God, then you know the kingdom has arrived. It's here. It's here. And it's not only in the king. I'm giving it to my subjects to go out and fulfill my call and my commission. You'll go out and you will trample on serpents and scorpion and over all power of the enemy. Amen. About three of you look like you believe it. Amen. He empowers his disciples. Not just himself. He empowers his disciples. He's come and he's given authority by God. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And now I give it to you. Go in my name. Be the light of the world. Be a city on the hill. Not the preacher. You cast out demons and devils. You lay hands on the sick. You give blinded eyes recovery of sight. You touch the lame and the lepers and let them walk. You raise the dead and the dumb and let them talk. You go out in my name and in my authority. I'm commissioning you 72. I'm commissioning you 120. I'm commissioning you 5,000. I'm commissioning you 3,000. I'm commissioning you church of Jesus Christ. And he says rejoice. Rejoice not in the miracles that you're going to see when you come back after all these things. But verse 20 gives us the cause for kingdom joy and it's this kingdom citizenship it's kingdom citizenship you're part of a kingdom rejoice that your names are written in heaven and the there's a rule in the greek that bad grammar is good often good theology and this is an example of that this is an example of that very thing because he says rejoice that your names plural but then he says it singular has been written in heaven 
He, he, you think Luke's made a grammatical error that he's left something out. He's left the person out, but he didn't leave it out. Luke's a smart guy. He's a doctor. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's under the inspiration and the power of the Holy Ghost. They know exactly who he's talking about, who has written their name in heaven. It is God who has written their name in heaven. It is God who has transferred citizenship. It is God. This is a perfect tense word right here. Your names have been written in heaven because you did something to get their names written in there. There was a time your names weren't written in heaven, but now your names can be written in heaven, and now you've received a king who has a kingdom, and now your names weren't there, but now he has written your names in the book of life. Amen? And not only are you forgiven, but you're filled with power to represent me. And that power doesn't rest on seeing manifestations happen and coming back, being so wonderfully grateful for those. Those are wonderful, but, but he's saying it's not resting. It can't rest in these things. He said that would be about like an NFL team. we got the Super Bowl going on right now. It would be like an NFL team winning the Super Bowl and then just celebrating the fact of the midseason field goal that they kicked. Don't celebrate the win. They win the Super Bowl, but all of a sudden we party because of a mid-season field goal. Hey, that's wonderful. The field goal got us kept going to get us to the Super Bowl, but why on God's earth would you go back and celebrate a field goal way back in the middle of the season? You don't celebrate the field goal. You celebrate the win of the Super Bowl and that's what he's saying here is that we don't necessarily say the manifestations come out of this, but where we celebrate is that Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price. That's where the victory lies and that's where our confidence rests that's what we celebrate not the manifestations those are wonderful they're wonderful and we do celebrate them and there's nothing wrong with that but don't forget the victory of the cross that's what brings all of these things amen and that's what he's saying is that's what we go back because you are a citizen that's what gives you kingdom power and so salvation is the ground of joy assurance in our salvation is what gives gives us the ground to celebrate today. That's what gives us the ground to fight. Satan can attack us in all kinds of ways, but this is the worst it can get. Come on, folks. This is the worst it can get here. Quit. We are losing the battle right now because we're so focused on temporal things right now when we should be focused on eternity. Do you understand? Come at me. Not that he can come at you and attack you in the mind. He can put sickness and allow sickness to come on your body. Satan can come and do to all kinds of torment but the thing is that's as far as you can go Satan that your line there's a boundary line you can't touch my citizenship you can't touch the fact that my name has been written in heaven amen so today might not look great you might be having a terrible day dog may be sick Car may not crank. Everything may be going wrong. Satan may be having a field day with you. But that's the worst it can get. You can't touch my eternity, Satan. You can't touch my eternity. My name is written down in heaven. Oh, my name is registered in heaven. This is my testimony from death to life. Come on, right? 
how grace rewrote my story. I testify, come on, with Jesus Christ, the righteous. I'm justified. Folks, that song, if you, if you, if you don't like certain music styles, that's scriptural right there. Just look and see if it's written theologically correct. I mean, I'm okay with that. That's talking about what we're talking about right here. The ground of joy comes from knowing you are saved. And so so when God is not stopping the battle, let me tell you sometimes, hear me well, when God is not stopping the battle, you know what He's often doing? He's calling you to endure the battle. Now I'm going to say that like two more times. When God is not stopping the battle, sometimes He's calling you simply to endure the battle. When God is not stopping the battle this side, sometimes He is calling you to endure the battle. And I don't care how long the fight lasts, because I know the end of this thing. Come on, Satan. You can give it all you got. You may even take my life on this earth, but you cannot touch my eternity. Fear him who has the power over both body and soul and the power to cast you into hell. That's who I say fear. Not just the one who can destroy your body and your soul here. Fear the one who has all power over you. That's the one who fear. And so that's what we got to fight from that ground. Jesus' victory gives meaning to our victories. The real spirit, secret of spiritual warfare is this, assurance of salvation. The devil is not strong enough to do anything about it. So that's what we've got to rest in. He's not strong enough to touch that. He's not strong enough to get a hold of that. And that's what you've got to rest upon that fact. I'm not preaching to the game player. I'm talking about who people are sold out to Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when he comes and when he hits that emotional nerve, which he's going to do because he knows how to target our emotional nerves. He knows what to do to really heat up the battle and get us all bent out of shape. He knows exactly how to wage the war. But here's the thing. Remember that there are a pair of everlasting arms and you can fall back into the everlasting arms of Almighty God every single time. We are sheltered in the arms of God. We are loved by a God who loves us no matter what we're going through. He will protect us. He will hold us. He will comfort us. He will shield us. And He will bring us all the way to glory. Amen? And so, effectively waging war is not technique. It's not getting louder, softer. Those may play in, I mean, at times. It's confidence. It's confidence in the love, John, and the power and the assurance that Jesus Christ loves us, died for us, gave his life for us, came all the way from from heaven, went to hell itself so that you could be his son or his daughter. Greater love hath any man than this, that he would lay down his life for a friend. He came to lay his life down for you. If you can comprehend nobody, I mean, it's hard. We can't hardly do it. No, 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 the depth of God's love, the height is so unbelievable. The width, it's just unbelievable. But if you could just get some kind of 
a little inkling of the love of God, it absolutely is enough to help you and to assure you that He has given you everything you need through His Son to fight every spiritual battle and to stay the course and to get through these days and to take us all the way through to the very end. And Jesus is our model for joy. Look at verse 21 and 22. I'm about to close. Here's what He says. Here's what He does. He rejoices in the Holy Spirit. He rejoices in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God chose the weaklings and the nothings and the nobodies to bring the kingdom of darkness to His knees. He's saying these are the ones that we're going to do it through. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that that's going to happen. It's through the power of the Spirit of Almighty God. And these people who couldn't save themselves, I'm going to go and tell them. I'm going to go tell, I'm going to go tell Peter, hey, follow me. I'm going to go tell John. I'm going to go tell James, hey, follow me. Andrew, me. Matthew, the tax collector, follow me. And, I, and now I'm going to get these broken ones. And then guess what? I'm going to tell them to go tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. I'm going to give them power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all manner of the evil, wicked ones. And they're going to go and they're going to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So the reason I rejoice is because in the Holy Spirit they can do these things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God uses us with the Holy Spirit to put terror into the enemy's heart, Taylor. Terror. If we would wake up, if we would wake up to the fact of who we are in Christ and just how powerful His Spirit in us is. If we would just wake up to the fact that God uses us Little old us. I don't know why he chose this way to do it, but he chose to take a church and a body on this earth and to commission them and to empower them and to send them into the devil's territory and tear the kingdom of hell down. And while you were out, I saw his kingdom being dismantled. Now, Brookside Church of God, is, is his kingdom... The kingdom of darkness completely dismantled out there? We got work to do, right? And I'm not foolish enough to think that we do anything. I understand it's Christ. It's Christ in me. But He has commissioned us and called us to go. Not to sit idle. Not to sit in our little chairs comfortable. Not sit in our homes. He has called us to go out and undo the works of darkness. Amen? Now guess what? I know He will be the final one that puts the end to it when He comes out of heaven with the armies of heaven. And we don't do much of anything but a sword comes out of His mouth and He smites all the nations of the world. I know where the power is coming from. But guess what? He has a church. He has a bride. He has a body in this earth. And and he expects it to be filled with the Spirit of Almighty God and us to decrease and Him to increase. So get ready to go out and fight the good fight of faith with the assurance of where our power lies is not in the manifestations and all those other things. We are victorious because we have salvation through the blood of the Lamb and the cross has won everything for us. Amen? Hallelujah. So, there's no context in which you'll not need the power of the Holy Spirit to animate your spiritual warfare. Okay, I say that lastly. If this is true, there's no power, there's no context 
every day, tomorrow when you face a new battle, the next day when you face a new battle, there's no context where you're not going to need this or need the power of the Holy Spirit to animate your warfare. It's needed wherever you are, wherever you go. We need it. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, and so we pray for it. And folks, I'm telling you, the battles are real. The battles are real. I'm, I'm going to be quiet. It's 1140. But, but because we want to pray here at the end. But folks, we're, we're in warfare. One of the pastors I listened to that I was mentioned at the beginning, he told about his son, five years old. And they said COVID, like it's been on everybody, the emotional up and down. They, they, they're at a college and they, 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 they work in this college, a, a Christian college, and it's been so intense. And the roller coaster ride emotionally. And his son was just wanting to get some, some outside playtime. And this particular day he was outside. And, and, and the boys got into something and got into a tiff or something. And so the dad went outside and got onto him and broke him up and said, come in the house, go to your room, you're in trouble. He didn't, he didn't do it in a bad way. To, to, he did it in a proper way uh, of, of discipline. But he said this, he said the son came out and a few minutes later with eyes crying down uh, his cheeks on his five years old. And he said, dad, it makes me so angry when I disobey you. And he said, I just want to cut myself. And the dad had dealt with people cutting themselves. And he just was like, my five-year-old, did my five-year-old just say this? And he said, wait, let me, let me ask you something. He said, did you, did you just say you, you're angry and, you, and, and, you, and you, you're just so angry you would like to cut yourself? Or are you really thinking about cutting yourself? And he said, I'm thinking about cutting myself. Five years old. If you don't think the spiritual battles are real. And he said, do you know how you would do it? And he said, yeah, I have a little knife. And he said, where were you going to do it? He said, on my knee. A five-year-old boy. This dad said he became so enraged. He got so angry at Satan. And he said they went into two months of prayer for this boy. Two months of prayer, and they prayed, and they fasted, and they fought hell. And eventually, and they stood their ground of this place of, a, of assurance that God loves us. God loves us. God is with us. And no matter how bad the enemy rages and how many buttons he pushes, we are, we are saved. We're on good ground. And our Father in heaven loves us, and he's fighting with us, and he's fight, we're fighting from that place, and we're going to be okay. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they fasted until the breakthrough came and this young man came out of that thing but I'm telling you folks we cannot wave the white flag there is no surrender except surrendering to Jesus Christ in the body of Christ we don't wave white flags to the enemy we've got to get up and we've got to fight the good fight of faith we've got to fight from this place of love and power and sound mind and we've got to move forward in the power of our Christ and not give up now is not the time to throw in the towel amen You got to, the power. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep pushing forward. And I'm seeing so many people that are wanting to give up. This, this pressure in our world right now, and even in Christians, of just wanting just to throw in the towel. We can't throw in the towel, folks. Despite what you see going on out there, God loves us. 
God cares for us. God's fighting for us. He's already won the victory. And we're fighting from that place. And He has commissioned us to do something about the powers of hell in this world. He threw us to go out in the highways and byways and hedges and push back the darkness. So we rejoice this morning. And that's what we're going to come in this altar. And if you're under heavy spiritual warfare, I'm not necessarily even asking you to come ask for strength or for power or all that. I'm just come asking you to come down and simply rejoice at the place where we're fighting from. And that's the ground of salvation. That's, that's the place we're going to come and rejoice from. Is God, you've got me in a good place. And, and I'm going to remind the devil that his power is limited today. Because he really has no power. He really has boundaries. And he can only go so far, but he can't touch eternity. Amen? Amen. And so, Father, we love you. We thank you, God, that you've given us power to trample on serpents and scorpions. And all power of the enemy. And God, we thank you that neither height nor depth nor created thing nor past nor present nor future can separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. And Father, I ask you to revive our faith today, God. Revive the faith of Christians. Revive the body of Christ. And bring us to a place where we learn to exercise the authority that you have given us in Jesus Christ. The authority that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit, God. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, God. Fill us with the Holy Spirit again afresh in this last hour, God. We are not going to take it lying down anymore from the enemy, God. We are going to push back. We are going to resist. And we are going to we rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. We rebuke you. And not from some cliche word like that, God. That, that, I, I, it's from the authority and the place where I know we're fighting from. We rebuke you. We rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. And we rebuke you and we fight against you now from the place where we know to fight from. And we know that your kingdom is, is, is crumbling. And we know that there is a king here and we've received a kingdom and we have power. I saw Satan's kingdom crumbling as they came back from this, from this going out. And Lord, I believe you're going to do that through our lives this year in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we love you. We praise you. And we honor you today in Jesus. Jesus' holy and mighty name, we pray. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. Number one, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and Messiah, listen, there's really only two kingdoms in this world. You're really either in the kingdom of darkness or you're in the kingdom of light. There's really, that's just as simple as it can get. If you're not with God, you're, you're with the enemy. You can say, no, I'm neutral. There is no neutral Sweden or somewhere or Switzerland. You are, if you are not with Jesus Christ, you are with the enemy. You are with the kingdom of darkness. There is only salvation found one place and one name, and that's through Jesus Christ. There is only, we are all sinners. We came into this world condemned already, but there is salvation and forgiveness that is offered through his son Jesus. He came, he paid the price for us, he became a man. God God himself became a man, put on flesh, paid the price for the human race that we could never pay. He lived a perfect life. He was able to pay the debt. And then he's saying, anybody who comes to me through faith can be saved. Uh, their, their debt can be canceled and they can be forgiven and they can live eternally. And not only will they be forgiven, but I will come inside and make my abode and my home in them. And I will transform them from the inside out. I'll give them a new heart. I'll give them a new mind. I'll give them a new spirit. And I'll cause them to 
walk in my statutes and in my ways. I will save them and I will fill them and I will help them in the journey. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So first of all, the simply, all you have to do to receive uh, Jesus Christ simply is ABC. You know, admit Admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you need salvation. Admit that. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that he died. Believe that he was buried. Believe that he's the only one that can pay for your sin. And then confess him as Lord. Jesus Christ, I make you Lord and I make you Savior of my life. Come into my heart. So let's pray that right now. It's not a prayer that saves you. It's opening your heart and receiving him into your heart. But the Bible says with the mouth we confess it and with the heart we believe. So let's just all I'll pray this right now. And if you really want Christ into your life, pray it really and really mean it and begin to seek a life with God. So pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, come on, you can do better than that. I open my heart to you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Save me. I believe you died. I believe you were buried. And I believe you rose again on the third day. Lord, write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Save me. In Jesus' name. Amen.